understanding the purpose of the journey. Understanding the purpose of the journey. I don't know about you, but I love vacationing. I love taking time to make new memories with the family. I love uh, seeing new places and, uh, you know, venturing out, meeting new people and enjoying some of the beautiful uh, nature that God created. Uh, I love really just about everything about vacationing except one part of it. And that is the journey. My wife used to, we used to get into some spirited discussions. So whenever you hear me say the word spirited discussions, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a really neat way of saying that my wife and I get in arguments. So my wife and I would have these spirited discussions every now and then because I'm one of those who are all about the destination. And so when I'm driving, I'm, I'm, I start off, I think to myself, hmm, they say we're supposed to get there in 10 hours and five minutes and whatever. So my goal is I want to make sure that I get there in 10 hours and five minutes. And so all I'm consumed with is I want to get to the destination. So much so that my wife would say, the kid, the kids got to use the bathroom. Hold it another five minutes. I got to go to the bathroom. Hold it another 10 minutes. We got to keep moving. Oh, we hungry. Oh, God, we'll have a lot. We'll, we'll get it in about 20 minutes. Then I missed that exit. Then it's another, you know, I'm just, I'm doing everything I can because I don't want to stop because I feel like I'm going to be held. I'm going to be delayed from getting to my destination because there's something about in our minds that tell us that the journey is not as attractive as the destination. How many of you really, I know now people who, who, who really have, have figured this whole thing out, uh, but, you know, but folks that really understand it, that they understand that their vacation doesn't happen at the point of destination. See, I had to learn. How many know there's some things in life you got to learn? I had to learn how to smell the roses along the way. So I had to slow down. Now, now my wife would probably say I'm better. I, I, I wish I could tell you I'm perfect at it, but I'm not. But I've, I've learned that, that, you know, that if I learn and I can just embrace the journey and sit back and enjoy, then when I get to my destination, I can, I can, I can fully enjoy it. Because I'm not stressed, I'm not all hyped up because, you know, everybody's upset because I didn't stop. Come on. I didn't stop to get them some meal. They didn't go to the bathroom, you know, whatever the case might be. It's something about the journey that makes the destination so much more enjoyable. You know, in, 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 in Christian life, you've heard me say this time and time again. But, you know, in, in, in our life as Christians, we don't necessarily like the journey. Most of the time you hear people talking about the things of God. They're always talking about the end goal, what God's going to take me, what, what God is doing. And oftentimes they, 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 they skip over the part is the journey. Why don't we like the journey so much? Because the journey can be messy. <laughs> the journey sometimes can be hard. The journey sometimes can be, if you let it, it can be depressing because of some of the things that you're having to go through. But yet you must understand that God thinks on a higher plane than you and I. Because what God does is God uses then, watch, the journey in order to prepare us for the destination. Let me put it to you this way. So much of what you and I are experiencing right now in our lives, we as a people, we as a church, 
there has, if, if you fully embrace it and if you, if you sat back and said, let me, let me just really think about this thing, then, then there's something in there that God has been trying to teach every one of us. So y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning. God is always teaching. Jesus said, I will, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many know that he's, he, he's not, he has not left us? I know you might feel like sometimes you may feel like in your flesh. I don't think God is here. But how many know I said this morning that if you're a true worshiper of God, you don't need a lot of you listen. We don't need a lot of music. You don't need a whole bunch of people to worship God, because if you're a true worshiper of God, you worship God no matter what the circumstance is, because it's not predicated on your environment. This is what gets me There's some people. I can't work. You know, then, then you're, you just something missing. You follow what I'm saying, church? See, see, I, I want you to get this thing into your spirit. You see, because, because in this journey that you and I, that God is taking us on, it's ultimately, it's, it's preparing us for something big. And here's the beautiful thing about what I just read, that what God is doing in our life is going to be good. <laughs> it's good. How many know God is not, everything that God, even though there are some things that, that are troubled and, and some things that are hard and are difficult in your life, but how many know that ultimately it's going to work in your favor? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Some of you have endured some bumps and some bruises. See, we as a church, for example, we have endured some bumps and some bruises. That means we have taken some hits. We've had some highs. And Brother Diver has been with us for a while. And we've had some lows. We've taken some. But it's, it's amazing. But, 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 but something about as I stay, as I, as I sit back and I reflect on what God has done, God has done some amazing things in the life of this church. We've met some amazing people and we've been able to touch a lot of people in a whole lot of different ways. But, but sometimes because of, 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 of what we deem as the destination, then we kind of snicker at the kind of kind of look down on the journey because we don't really see and understand as God sees. So the question is, if God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, how many believe that he's with us? Then if he said, I'll never leave, then that's a fact. Then he hasn't left us. I mean, he's still with us. The question is, where are we in the process? Are we with God? Y'all, y'all still, I want you to stay with them. I'm, I'm building, I'm taking us somewhere. So, so instead of being consumed about the destination, <laughs> we need to ask God, what are you trying to teach me now? God, what are you doing? God, what's going on in this moment in, in this time? You see, here's what I've come to realize and understand. That if you can discern the nature of your journey, then you will gain insight about your destination. Let me say that again. If you can discern the nature of your journey, then you will be able to gain insight into the destination. Because the journey is, is what's going to propel you ultimately to where God wants to take you. It's where he wants to take us as a people. It's where he wants to take us as a church. But I, I want you to get into your spirit that God, listen, God is still in control. I know sometimes it seems hard to think. I know sometimes, man, I know you need a whole lot of uh, extracurricular activity around you to get you pumped up. I know, I know some of you, you know, you, you, you know, I can't get pumped up unless I have a cheerleader. Come on. And somebody go, come on, pastor, pump me up. Uh, come on, worship leader. Come on, get me in the mood today. Somebody got to pump me up. 
But you know, when, 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 you, when you really begin to understand the nature, and see, all that the journey is doing, God is trying to teach us how to move away from all of that. Oh, y'all, y'all, some, I'm losing a couple of people. You got to stay with me. You're going to get this. See, the Bible says, let me, let me give you a couple of verses. I want to drive home the point because some of you may be wondering, you may be thinking, God, what's, what's going on? What's going on in my life? What's going on in our church? God, what's happening? I mean, no, God is speaking. Oh, God is talking. <laughs> God is talking. Psalm 37.3. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How many of you believe that? There's the steps of a good man, a righteous man. God is ordering our steps. God is, listen, God is not ordering some Christian steps and he's not ordering others. God is not like uh, ordering the steps of the believers down at, the, at Mount Ararat and he's not going to order the steps of the Christian that found it. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? How many know the steps of a righteous, a good man, those who love God, who trust God, watch this, are, are being governed by the Lord. God is directing our steps. Mysteriously, he does it. I don't know how he does it. But, but when I think about, mm, good God, when I, when I think about the, uh, uh, you know, how the Pharisees and all those people thought that they were murdering Jesus and hanging him on the cross. They did not understand that in a mysterious way, they were walking smack into the will of God, that it was God who put Jesus on that cross. Why? Because God was tracking his steps. See, how many know that your will don't supersede the will of God? Get that in you. See, your will can never supersede the will of God. God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And the way it's going to turn out is exactly like he said it's going to turn out. Because he's God. <laughs> Glory to God. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12 through verse 13. Said, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence Work out your own salvation. Work out what God is putting in with fear and trembling. Watch this. Here it is. For it is God who works in you. Watch this. God is working in you. To will and do of what? His good pleasure. Not your good pleasure. <laughs> you ain't that smart. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that your life is not left up to you? Think about all the lost people out there, man. They are living their life every day, don't have a clue, trying to figure it out. They don't even know what's going on. But the people of God, come on, church, we have this treasure, good God, in earthen vessels. Oh, we know. <clears throat> we know, <clears throat> as the scripture says, all things work together for good for those who love God. Man, it's going to work in my favor. You can do whatever you want to do to me. <clears throat> you can say whatever you want to say to me. I know that this journey, I know that what I'm going through, I know that somehow, some way, that when this thing is all said and done, it's going to be good for me. <laughs> it's going to be, it doesn't matter what the devil says. I know in my knower. And I know because God said it, all things work together for good for those that love God. Are there any lovers of God in the house today? He said all things work together for good for those who love God. He said it's going to work in your favor. That's so, so church, one of our goals, our mission as a church is we want you to love God. 
Because if you love God, then it's going to work in your favor. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? God says in Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, I want to show you the providential care of God. I want you to understand that. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. He was saying it to the people of Israel who were undergoing, a, 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 you know, they, they were being a, taken out of their land. They, they were, that's the word I'm trying to use. Uh, you know, they, they were uh, exiled out of their land. And God was reassuring them. And I think it's a word that's applicable to us today. He said, for I know, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. How many know God is always thinking about you? <laughs> oh, glory to God. You know, he's thinking about me. God loves me. The Bible says every hair on our head are numbered. That's just another way of God saying that he know every single minute detail about you. God specializes in you. Glory to God. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. Here's what God, see, see how many know God is for, if God be for you, God is for us. I'm going to write about it. He said, if God be for us, who then can be against us? He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Here's what God want to do. God said, they're not thoughts of evil. You don't have to imagine evil coming up against your life. When God thinks of you, he's not thinking about evil. How many know he's a good God? And he give good things to his children. He's not of evil, but to give you a future and a hope. God, listen, look at the name and say, God's got a plan for me. See, you got to know that you don't have a, you may not have a plan for yourself, but God got a plan for you to give you a future. Watch this. And a hope. That's what he does. Glory to God. Whether we realize it or not, God is pulling this thing. This is why he says in Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. Y'all know this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't even lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he said, here it is, that he will, he shall direct your path. See, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, the Lord is, 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 is clearly communicating to us that there are going to be those times when everything that I'm doing in your life, there are going to be times when you will be perplexed. There are going to be those moments when you will be confused. Watch this. There are going to be some dry periods in your life. Come on. There are going to be some times in your life as a believer, as a Christian, and we as a church, where we're going to be sitting back trying to figure out, God, what's going on? And, and you know, and, and sometimes you don't have all the answers. Come on, church. You see, as, as your pastor at Foundation, I always try to make it a point to trust God and not lean on my own understanding. Because when I have tried to figure it out, I beat my head up against the wall and I get more confused. So I just decided, instead of worrying about it, I just decided to say, I just put it on God. Because how do you know, if he's directing my steps, says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So he says to me, he said, don't even try to figure it out, Gary. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart, all your heart is scary. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Some of you, you're not trusting and you're leaning on your own understanding. And that's why you're frustrated. And that's when Christians make dumb decisions because they're not truly seeking the Lord. They're leaning on their own understanding. But how many know you got to learn to trust him? And listen, and stay faithful to him no matter what. He's leaning out to your own understanding. He's in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct you. That's a promise. 
He's in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And God will, he'll, he'll lead you. You see, if you are thinking every day when you get up, Lord, I'm your servant, use me. If you don't know, if you don't pray anything else, get up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm your servant, use me, lead me. God, I'm going to put my trust in you. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how this thing is going to unfold. I don't know all the answers, you know, and I've come to learn in my life that it's okay to say sometimes I don't know all the answers. In fact, anybody, any preacher, anybody who stands around the pulpit, behind the pulpit and they, and they tell you and they act like they know all the answers and God's told them everything, you better run. I'm telling you, because I mean, let me tell you something right now. There were, there were people in this book who were much deeper, much more spiritual than any one of us, much more spiritual than me, that they were time that they didn't even understand what was going on. The Bible says Job was about as righteous as a man can get, walking in the ways of God. Perfect. I mean, a good man. And, 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 and God said, and, and the devil and God allowed the devil to tempt. And, and Job was confused. What is going on? But he ended up, he said this, though you slay me, I'm going to trust you anyway. I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> see, Job decided, I can't, I ain't going to be, I don't know what's going on. There's some things in the other world, in the unseen world, that we don't have all the answers to. But I know God's still working. I know that. Don't have all the answers. Pastor, what are we going to do? I don't have all the answers. But I believe God is still working. He, I believe God's still working in my life. He's still working in my family. He's still working on my children. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? Oh, glory to God. He's still working on my spouse. Come on. He's still working. He's still working. He's still working right now. He's still working to will and do of his good pleasure. It's not predicated upon whether or not you do everything you're supposed to do. Because if that was the case, Lord knows we'd all be in trouble. I mean, no, he got grace for all of us. That's why he sung this morning. Great is your mercy toward me every day. Brand new mercies are extended to those that love God every day, every day. So it brings us to this point here in Deuteronomy chapter number eight. It's amazing because here we see in Deuteronomy chapter number eight, I, I want you to understand Moses now, you know, he, he's about getting ready to. So he won't, you know, he, he won't be able to take the children of the people of God into the land of promise because of his sin, because the people got him all upset and mad. And, and, and Moses' discipline was he couldn't go into the land of promise. But right before Moses and the people of God was getting ready to go into that land of promise, God decided to take a moment and time to, to explain to the children of Israel about something about journey. Everybody say journey. Because, see, they were going through some things. Oh, stay with me. See, the children of Israel were going through some things, and many of them at that time, they were trying to think, man, when they came out, boy, that, that Red Sea was parted, man, and God is doing some amazing things, and all of a sudden, man, they're thinking they're going to drop, God's going to drop them right into their place, right into that land of promise, and man, they ran into some obstacles, mainly because there were some who don't believe. They had all kind of issues and all kind of problems, so God was working some things out, you know, of them. Some of them didn't, they didn't believe. Then they didn't even, they had no faith. How many know the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible. See, part of the journey is to build your faith. Part of the journey, because how many know, how many of you have, have thought you were one place? And then and not until you got into the situation, you realized that you weren't there yet. I thought I was, 
You know, and this is why I'm very careful to say when I, I, I try to think about judging people. Because you don't know what you would do if, you're going, if you put on somebody else's shoes. We always oh, I won't, I won't, if I was me, I wouldn't. You don't have a clue. You know, well, if I was, if, if I was, if I was with the children of Israel back when, when, when God parted that Red Sea, I would not have been one of those. Well, well, I didn't God drop you over there then. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you don't know what you would do because you don't even know you. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? You don't even know yourself. So, so I've learned to say this. By the grace of God, I hope I would do the right thing. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying, church? By the grace of God, because it is he who works in me. Listen, I, if I try to think in myself that I can pull off anything, I'm going to lose every time. Even if I think I'm winning, I'm going to lose. Because how many know no flesh will glory in the presence of God? So God was letting the children of Israel know, go, know that in all their tears, in all their pain. Because there were times when they were going through some challenges and all of the disappointments and everything that they had been going through. God was letting them know that it was a part of a larger purpose. It was meant to happen. And I know some of them will look back on some of that stuff and say, well, was this meant to God? Was this a part of what you want? God said, yeah, that's what I wanted you to go through. Because they're thinking, man, because God is it's interesting. Uh, but God is now getting ready to take them. To their land of promise. But before he does it, he says, I don't know, we need to have a conversation because you need to, you need, God says, I need to tie all this together so you can understand what I was doing. Because if I don't explain this to you, you'll miss it. Because you're not focused on the journey. You hate the journey. The journey, you look at the journey as an obstacle. You see the journey as getting in your way. But God was saying, I was using the journey to perfect you. I was using the journey to fix your character. I was using a journey to teach you that man do not live by bread alone, but by every word. But I, I, I had to take you through it because there's one thing about talking about it, but there's a whole nother thing when you got to walk in it. Right. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Oh, you know, I know we think we can speak. There are a lot of folks that say a lot of stuff, but man, can they walk it? Come on, church. It's about walking it. See, see, the journey was meant. To teach us. It's meant to teach them. It's meant to teach us today. That God wants, first of all, obedience. Everybody say obedience. He says in verse number one, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live in, multiply, go in, and possess the land which God had given to them. The fathers had given to them. So the journey is part, the journey, the journey in part, it teaches us to obey God. Because how many know that obedience is tied to your blessing? And God says, in order for you to possess the land, you got to learn how to obey me. You got to learn how to listen to my voice and do what I say. Because you're not your own master. So God is saying, I want to bless you. But he's saying, but so God took him through all that journey because he said, look, I need to teach you how to obey. I need to teach you how to obey me. That's what God was saying. So part of that journey was to teach them obedience because that, that because how many know that some folks are obedience to God is predicated upon whether or not things shake out in the way they wanted to shake out. I'll obey God as long as he's doing this for me. As long as God gives me that. You know, there are people that make deals with God like that. What they think they're making a deal. God, I'll follow you. I'll do this if you give me this. 
That's why, see how many know that's what Satan tried to pull on Job. He, he, he said about one of the accusations against Job. If you take out all his stuff, he ain't going to follow you. God said, go ahead, take it all. I know Job will steal. And Job said, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. I'm still going to bless his name. Watch. So in the journey, God uses the journey. Watch this as in part a test. Bible says in verse number two, you should remember the Lord your God. He led you all the way in these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, test you. Now watch this. Yeah, you know, the test is more for you so you can know where you are. I mean, no, God already knows where you are. <laughs> God don't need to put you through a test and know really how you're going how, how, how to respond. God puts you into a test so he can reveal it to you. And that, and that you will get humble enough to realize, oh, boy, I need to change. I'm not there yet. Like telling your kids, are, are we there yet? No, mommy, dad, we still ain't there yet. I still hear that in my, in my, in my ear, baby. Dad, we no, we still ain't there. We're still on the journey. How many know we are still journeying? To know what was in your heart. So part of a journey is a test. That when, if they, when things really get bad, when things get dry, when, when things, when you look around and you think this, oh man, he said, at that moment, at that moment, are you still going to be faithful to me? Are you still going to trust me? Yeah, because I'm, I'm testing you right now. See, there comes a point in time that when God begins to stretch our faith, he put every great saint of God had to go through a moment of time of dryness where their faith got tested. But everything they went, how many know God anointed David a king, but how many know he went through a terrible test? Running what? Half his, I mean, for 12, 13, 15 years. I mean, he was on the run. Wanted. For what? Trying to serve and do the will of God. It was a test. David could have said, but forget all this. God, I, I, you know, this man is crazy. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. You know, a lot of Christians would have said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going back to the world. I'm going to some place. I'm gonna go to this. Place. I'm gonna go. I'm leaving because man, it's, you know, can you believe God when things don't shake out the way that you want them to shake out? It's a test. I got a question for you. How are you doing? How's your attitude? You still got a positive attitude? You still come to church worshiping God, excited as? Are you, can you be as excited to worship in God if there is 5,000? But can you be excited to worship God if it's just five in your midst? Can you be equal as excited? It's a test. See, some people need all that because they're not connected to God in the way that they should be in the first place. So some people need fanfare. They need all the trappings. So we design church not to make disciples. We designed we design church just to build crowds. I'm not being critical, but I guess I am. But if you think about it, every church, they, they try to craft church in a way to build crowds, not to make disciples. So you can have people that go to church for 10, 15 years and never get discipled, and nobody cares about it. No big deal. You're coming. We're growing. We're growing. I'm just, I got some more into that here in a moment. So the journey reminds us that God is our provision. 
See, I like verse 3 and 4. It says, so he humbled you. Oh, Lord. This is another thing that God does, right? Humble you. He allowed you to hunger. He fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You know what God was really saying right there, church? He was saying, yeah, you had some, you had some hard times. Like you said, you didn't have Louis Vuitton. You didn't have Gucci. And let me take you back even further. You didn't have Calvin Klein and Jordash. Some of you don't need these kids. They're like, what is in the world? See, Gene don't talk. We used to have Calvin Klein and Jordash. You were somebody back in the day. He, he said, you didn't have all the stuff you really wanted. But watch this. But God provided for you. You know, as I think about our church, we didn't have everything we wanted. I mean, and we've had some obstacles. Y'all remember that time, man? And we got forced out of the building. And, uh, and, and it was in the middle of the week. And you remember that? Anybody? In the middle of the week. And we had to figure out how we were going to worship. We didn't know if people were going to come back or what. And all of us, and this was, Walter, this was way before you. And, and we didn't know who was going to show up. And then we had that first service over here in this school. We had every chair that we put out was full. Everybody came and then some. And I thought by asking, you know, it's amazing. But all along this way, We've had some challenges, yes. We've had some obstacles. We've had some fights. We've had some skirmishes. We've had some people act up. But God has always provided for us. I mean, y'all hear what I'm saying, church? He has always, and I can sit here and say to you today, that our church, we ain't carrying no debt. <laughs> I'm just saying. God has always provided. You see, you may not have had everything you wanted, but if you're honest, whatever you've been going through, somehow you look at this thing, you'd be like, you know what? God, he has provided for me. Is anybody as a witness in there? God has provided. God will see the journey. See, part of God letting you go through sometimes where you got to believe God to get your electric bill paid. There were times, baby, you remember, we had to pray and believe God to just have a hundred bucks to get some food to last us for three weeks. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying, church? You see, see, so the journey, God puts you in that situation. He said, yeah, I can, I can load you up with everything, but I'm going to hold it back. Because I'm going to teach you that man don't live by bread alone. <laughs> but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so God, so God allowed, he said, he allowed them to go hungry. Which means he could have stopped it. But he said, no, I'm going to let them experience this journey. Because I'm teaching them something. I'm telling you right now, God has been teaching foundation. Oh, yes, he has. He's been teaching us something. And, and I believe that we're about to respond and we're listening this morning. See, he's reminding us, church, that he is our provision. God is our provision. Nobody else is ever going to provide for us. God provides for us. Every job. I mean, we've been blessed and God has taken my life. I'm telling you that I've gone through some stuff and I can sit here and tell you about it, but I'll bore you to death. But we have gone through some stuff and God has provided for my family time and time and time and time again. And there were times when we were scarcity and it's like it was but God provided. He's been faithful. But he said, but, but I know now that, see, 
I really appreciate, let me tell you, Walter, why I appreciate where I am now. Because I understood, understand what I had to go through to get where I am. I understood what it means to really follow God. So I'm glad that you afflicted me. And that what David said. I'm glad. Why? Because that I may learn your ways. The journey is about learning his ways. Are y'all with me? You understand that this morning, church? He's been faithful. He's provided for Foundation Church. Y'all know there's been some haters. There always be. There always will be haters. Y'all know what I mean by that. People who wish you bad and people who get mad for one thing or another. But how I many know? Aren't you glad that God is not emotional? <laughs> God is not emotional like you. God knows. He controls. He's. He's. He controls. His, he's righteous. He's holy. So what the journey has taught me, it has humbled me. Just like he says here. He says, I, I humbled you because you know what success will do? Success will make you think that you pulled it off yourself. Well, I want a big church. Sometimes God may say, well, you ain't ready for a big church. And then some people who got big churches shouldn't be there. They're there and you see an example, right? They crash and what? Burn. You hear about it. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not knocking it. Y'all, y'all, well, I'm just trying to say that, that, that there's a pride in every one of us. All of us got pride. And so what God does, God humbles us so that we can never get the big head. <laughs> so no matter what he blesses you with, because his intention is to take you to a good place. His intention is to bless you, but he don't want your head to swell. He don't want our head. So what he does is he keeps us in a place where we got to keep looking up. See, if you get if you find yourself in a place, if you're a pastor, if I'm talking this morning to a pastor and you find yourself and your ministry is booming and you got all these people coming and you got money flowing and man, and things look good. And if you find yourself just kind of running, running off, doing your own thing, hardly praying, hardly seeking God, then you need to be humble. Because how many you know it's deeper than that? It's deeper than that. And we got to understand that. See, the journey teaches us that whatever we are enduring in the journey, it is going to lead us for something that is very good. You see, in, in verse 7 and 8, I like this verse. He said, for well, the Lord your God is bringing you. Now, you got to believe this. Now, you're sitting here this morning, you say, Pastor, I don't believe this. Then it's not going to work for you. He's a, see, you got to believe this, Walter, for the Lord, your God is bringing you into a good land. You got to believe that a land that is of brooks and of water and fountain and spring that flow out of valleys and hills. In other words, provision overboard, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. In other words, God is setting us up for a blessing, fruitfulness. That's what he want to do. I don't have a problem. Listen, God don't have a problem with us being blessed with stuff. He just don't want the stuff to have us. See, see, God wants to bless us, but he want, uh, uh, listen, he want us to have the right frame of mind. Because God wants, see, see, God blesses you to make you a blessing. Most people think God blesses them and that's where the exclamation point is. How many know God don't ever bless you just so that you can, be, listen, just so that you can heap it up upon yourself? Y'all hear what I'm saying? God blesses you to be a what? Blessing. 
There are a lot of Christians, man, I'm just telling you, they live their whole life saying, God bless. Where's mine at? You ever hear people say that? Come on. I, I know you got yours, but where's mine? Where, 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 where? And the whole point is there's a delay because they got to go through a journey. They got to go through training camp. <laughs> How many know God always puts his saints in training camp? But they got to learn, man. You got to go through. You got to go through. I don't want to go through the training camp. It's hard. It's tiring. I don't want to go through all that. Just give me the good stuff. Just bless my life, God. Just give me what I want. Come on, God. I don't want to have to go through this time of, of seeking you and praying for two, three hours. God, I don't want to go through all. I don't want to go through no fasting. God, just give me my stuff. God said, no, I, no, I'm going to make you have to learn what it means to trust me. Got to make you learn. You see, this is what the journey does. See, the journey, it teaches us, yeah, God's intention. This is the good thing about the journey is that God has good intentions for me. Not everybody have good intentions for you. Y'all know what I mean. There's some people who don't have good. But how do you know that God has good intentions for his people? Glory to God. That's why I love him so much. I know God is going to bless me. Did anybody here know that on the other end, you're going to come out blessed? Did anybody know that? You're going to come out blessed. And not only are you going to come out blessed, but you're going to be a blessing. Because you're serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And God is faithfully leading, directing, and guiding your life. He is setting you up to bring you into a good place. That's just what he does. It's a process. And so the journey then, so in the journey, God tells us to remember. It's amazing. He didn't let them go into the land of promise until he, he sat them down. Moses said, now let me sit back and let me educate you. How many know that we need to remember? Because we forget, don't we? See, we're so infatuated with the destination that we pay no attention to what God was trying to communicate through that whole process. That's why some of us stay in the wilderness for extended periods of time. How do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> some of us, you've been walking around this thing, man, for a long time. Circling, 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 circling. Got them there. Got, nope, nope, circling. Go back the other way. Circling, circling. Yeah, circling. I'm still going. Got, you know, you know. Over and over, you're just circling, and and and, and you're thinking this, and, and God says, now, "Now, I need, I need for you to sit back. I need you to remember. I need you to sit back and think. I need you to reflect." One of the things about the season and times and going into a new year, it forces you to sit back and think about the previous year. How many of you been thinking about your 2018? Just, it's it's a good thing to sit back and say, "Let me, God, what did you teach me in 2018?" Before you go into 19. Because if you don't do that, there are perhaps a whole lot of stuff that you did not learn, that you're missing. Because you're so anxious to get to the destination. See, so we need to remember. So and we understand then that the journey prepares us for the destination. So here's the key. Embrace the journey. Embrace it. Thank God for, listen, for what you have been going through. We need to thank God as a church for everything that we have been experiencing. Watch this. In all things, the Bible says, give what? In all things, give thanks. Why? Because I know he's taking me somewhere. 
Let me give you a couple of concluding thoughts as I get ready to wrap this thing up. You see, the nature of the journey or a journey, the nature, the very nature, the word itself, journey, it means to move from one place to another. That's why you call it a journey. You know, the children of Israel, you know, uh, they didn't have, you know, especially in those olden days before they built the temple, they didn't have a set place of worship. They would, they kept building tents. So, and they had a cloud that, uh, a pillar of fire that led them by night and a pillar of cloud that led them by day. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But they were always what? Moving. Why? Why, why were they moving? i tell you why they were moving. Because God was moving. And if you want to be with God, then you got to move with God. Mm-hmm. So you can get to a point, you can stay stuck and say, well, I'm going to stay here and do it this way. But if God is saying, no, I want to move and shift it and move it in this direction, then if, if you stay, then you get left behind. I was talking to a pastor the other day, and one of the things that was communicated was that, that sometimes I feel like I'm outside looking in. Like, like I've been left out of what God is doing. Because we're so stuck on doing it one way. I all hear what I'm saying, church. We're so stuck in that. We're stuck. Uh, let me read you a verse. 1 Kings 17, verse 2 and 9. Verse 2 down to verse number 9. This is God. Uh, this is about Elijah. This is 1 Kings 17. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward. Hide by the brook Cherith. Everybody say the brook Cherith. See, that's important that you understand that. Which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. You shall drink. You shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. 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 So he went, he did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and he stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Why? Because God was providing there. Are y'all with me? God was providing there. How many know that when the spirit of God moves, you got to move with the spirit. But it happened. Watch this. Verse number seven. And it happened that after a while, <laughs> after a while, we don't know what that was. Day, two, year, two. We don't know. See, a while could be extended periods of time. After a while, that the brook, here it is, dried up. God had been supplying. God was wrong. God, why is it dry? Why's the God, the brook done dried up. God, what's going on? God, are you mad at me? God, have you left us? God, why is the brook dried up? You think God may be trying to say something? 
It dried up because there was no rain in the land. But then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise and then go. In other words, God has stopped providing there. God was shifting him. He said, arise, now go. Go. Now, was God mad? No. Was God not with them? Of course, he's with them. But God says, now it's time to arise and go. Why? Because the brook done dried up. The brook has dried up. Now, I want you, I want you to do me a favor. Shut the video off at this point. 